Hi guys, welcome to episode three of the To Be Fit podcast. Today I am joined with another fellow MNU student, James Beatty. This one's a little bit of a special one because he's all the way in Australia, so um, our internet connections might be a little bit dodgy. We've told the partners to keep off the iPads and um, not to stream too much. Um, so, James, how are you? I'm good, mate. Yourself? Um, very well, thank you. Um, just for, obviously, everybody who doesn't know you, if you want to kind of do an introduction to yourself, how old are you and where you're from and things like that. So, obviously, James Betty, as you said, I'm 28 years old. I'm originally from Wales. That's where I uh, was brought up all my life. Uh, that's where I went to college, went to university, and then... Once I finished university seven years ago, I moved to Brisbane, Australia. How come you moved to Brisbane? What was? Well, met my um, well now my wife, her parents moved here. But when we started university, they moved here. So when we finished, we we're just like, "What do you reckon?" I thought, "Right, I'll go and play rugby over there." Uh, and then we moved out. We only came for a year just to see what it was like, play a bit of sport, and then. Seven years later, I'm here. <laughs> you just stayed? Yeah, literally. What, literally. Yeah. What was it you did at university as well? Uh, like sports performance. Cool. So it was very kind of industry specific. Yeah. Yeah. Since the start, I've probably been too stuck in it, to be honest, all through like college, just sport. That's all I want is, you know, sport. And then, yeah, three years college and then went to university. And then again, it was just playing rugby drinking beer and studying a little bit yeah the rug do you still play rugby is that something there yeah. i retired two years ago two years ago i was playing um for a team called ec in their top grade and there's some big boys in australia right <laughs> some big some big islanders and uh yeah i just got I was about six games into the season and I just got snapped, like snapped. And it just put my back out and then from there I was just like I'm just gone. How no, much enough. How much do you weigh so for the people listening that can get a kind of an idea? Then I was probably rugby, probably about eighty two. Uh-huh. And you and were... some of these boys you're against are probably knocking up towards some of the biggest, like one forty, one fifty kilos. Shit. <laughs> That's like, yeah. that's gonna be pretty a hard uh, a hard hit. Like really, uh, I would have retired too. How old did you say you were again? Sorry, James. Uh, twenty eight now. Twenty eight, so twenty six. You you've retired. Yeah, I keep I keep threatening the misses. I'll go. I'm gonna go back. You know, let's give it one last crack. But I don't know. No, mm. not now that you're a father, of course. So yeah, congratulations. How old? It's Alfie, isn't it? Alfie, uh, eight weeks on Tuesday. Wow. So how's that been? Different. Different. A little different. <laughs> different. Like it's, a, it's you know, it, it, it yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing. But I think uh, when people said your whole life changes in an instant, they weren't, they weren't joking about it. No. I mean, uh, my, no. my son, Frankie, he's like 13 months now. Um, and really it's just getting a tremendously amount better and uh, yeah you know right now for you it's just I don't know as a father like um early on you just feel a bit like kind of I don't know um it's hard to describe like you try and help and things like that but like the bonding's still kind of happening as well between you and your child yeah it's definitely different and I mean I'm I think we spoke about the other day I'm fairly lucky because my wife breastfeeds yeah so i say you know wake me up in the night but she doesn't to be fair she does all the feeds in the middle of the night does all the nappy change and all the settling and just lets me sleep to get up for work and it's like but when she goes back to work then it's going to be a different story altogether so so when's that how long's like uh, maternity leave over there is well she's on she's off for six months so she goes back we're in the uk in december then she goes back the end of january right mm. so how did so, you find it kind of impact yourself like did it um, did much change has much obviously a lot's changed but as far as kind of training your nutrition yeah a little bit to be honest um i think because you just can't be 
should we call it as selfish anymore with your time mm-hmm. you know thing things change a little bit and even with work you know i'd have things to do for work in the week and i'll just like as long as i get them done in the week it's fine but now it's like right here's what you're going to do these are the times you're training you're training from 8 a.m till 8 45 and they're, they're short and sharp um yeah nutrition's been hasn't really changed too much um but my training is just shorter now my rest periods are a lot shorter um just trying to keep that volume in to where i know it needs to be mm-hmm. um just in my main big lifts you know and then my accessory work but leaving out a lot more of the isolation stuff cool so so what is your kind of training background i know obviously your own uh crossfit is it 4178 is that the how you say the post, the post code yeah so all right so now yeah. i'm learning uh, yeah, yeah, so right yeah so it, do you just call it what's the box name or is uh, that's you, it that's just that's just it awesome right cool man so is is it it made, it made a lot more sense at the time yeah but so, now not so much yeah so how much um so how much training do you dedicate is crossfit something that you've relatively like kind of come into or is it fairly new or <laughs> You know, well, uh, yeah, like I said, my whole goal growing up was to be um, to be the best player I could be. That was pretty much it. So all the training I did around was probably, be, you know, being fast and being strong. And um, so that's just the way I trained, really. So and then nutrition didn't really take too much of a role. I was fairly small, mm-hmm. so I didn't, even, I didn't even think about it when I was a kid. I just trained and trained and I was I became fairly strong. And fairly fast, but I was always quite, quite small, smaller than the rest. I've got told a couple of times by a couple of teams that you know, your size just isn't gonna, isn't gonna do it. But still, at that point, I was just in the thing of, oh, I just need to train harder. Yeah. You know, if I train harder, I'll get bigger. You know, you train, you're training six days a week, but you, you know, you're not eating near what you should be. You know, you would say the old, I'm eating everything inside. I'm eating everything. You don't understand how much I'm eating. Yeah. But realistically, well, now you know about it, you weren't even eating nearly enough. And never mind talking about protein. I think I just grew up eating pasta. Yeah. You know, and then once I come out here to play, people were a little bit bigger. I started to get a little bit more knowledge after uni. Um, and then I broke I broke my leg. Uh, so, I, And I got fractured up my tibia. So I got about 12 pins like up my leg, broke both heels uh like shattered one of my ankles and then i actually got into crossfit as a rehab tool to get back into rugby and then from there i just sort of fell in love with it a little bit um i think i fell in love with the move the movement standard of it like you know i've come from a trying to be as strong as possible i walk into this gym and they tell me to you know to do these these movements that i just can't do and then you've got little 50 year old Pauline in the corner just smashing out overhead squats yeah and I can't even hit full, I can't even hit a full depth squat so it was a yeah let's call it a very humbling experience a, to a start. baptism of fire yeah that was it and then yeah I just built and then I got back to rugby and I got back fitter and stronger and bigger than I'd, than I'd ever been so I sort of yeah I fell in love with the, the I mean, standard of it there and it does cross over quite well in rugby I'd imagine yeah, it does, yeah. You know, and, you know, it's what you usually have in a class, for example, but, you know, I would, just a PT at the time, so I could do I could do my extras as well. Um, but, yeah, I just, yeah, I love that because I, I didn't think I would be able to play rugby again, to be honest, from it. So going into that sort of community vibe with some pretty decent blokes in there was a sort of a massive thing for me, having that sort of little bit of competitiveness again. So how did the um, it come about you? getting a crossfit gym oh well my first ever sort of crossfit competition was probably like five years ago and i competed against the guy called sean carroll who's now my business partner right so from there we just sort of became friends we actually realized that we played rugby against each other back in wales which is random he's from australia and then yeah we just got to know each other i was obviously working in a different gym at the time and then he started asking me you know, would I want to be involved in his gym? Because he started off in this really small box. And I was like, you know, not ready. I'm not ready to sort of own a business yet. 
So I, uh, yeah, built myself up through my work and then I ended up as a, a regional manager, a regional gym manager um, for Queensland. So like I ran a, ch- a chain of gyms. Um, and then that's where I sort of learned the business side of things. You know, I thought I knew enough about training, etc., but nothing about business. You're not taught anything. Yeah. So that's when the numbers were crunched. You had KPIs, you had everything to hear. You had marketing, you had sales, you had everything. And then I was working my arse off in that job like just working and working for a corporate company. Then he, he, asked, he just started asking me again and again, and I said no for about a year. And then he goes, come on, mate. And then I just thought, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. I'm working, if I'm working this hard now and making this much for this company, I'm going to go and do it on my own. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. And then, yeah, we blossomed into this, maybe biased, but I would say magical a magical paradise of a place. Yeah, well, definitely. I mean, the CrossFit scene around the world is just kind of can't be ignored, you know. Um, mm. what What's it like? And obviously, I wanted to talk about kind of the culture of Australia, not just from a training perspective, but um, a nutrition one as well and a health one. So from yeah. a training one, since we can uh, slide smoothly to that, um what's it like the scene over there um per capita it's like one of the most supposedly one of the most obese countries in the world i think it's actually up there with in the top two like most obese countries but if you're walking around you wouldn't really think so Uh i would say it's a fairly health conscious uh country especially in the cities though you know you have your main cities and then other than that it's a fairly rural place Mm-hmm. You know, you can drive inland two hours and not see anything for another 23-hour drive. You know, it, it it's so vast. So it's fairly health conscious. Um, it's nice weather, so people like getting their kit off. Yeah. So people, want, so, so people want to look good. And then from a CrossFit point of view, people just seem to be attached to them. It's not just CrossFit, to be honest. There's gyms on. I'm talking every single corner here. Like, there is a lot of gyms. Um. So you, yeah, so you can have your pick, but Australia as a whole is fairly good at CrossFit, which sort of helps us as well. You know, the top two fittest women in the world, they're both Australian. Yeah. You know, that win, win the games tier, and then you've got the guys that that win a lot of the time with their, as as Australia. So, yeah, fairly health-conscious nation. Yeah, and, you know, from a nutritional perspective, I would imagine culturally it'll be massively different to what it's like over here in the uk what's like the food environment and availability like the the expense of it and things like that i'd say i wouldn't say it's too far away from the uk to be honest mm-hmm. uh, everything's very accessible so kind of very yeah i'd say like the spectrum you have like really healthy people mm-hmm. and then there's like a you know a massive drop yeah it's either one you end know. of the pendulum or the other yeah, huge. Yeah, hugely. You know, and then you have you know these mediocre people like around. Um, again, it's the same. It's that point that you have to sort of eat perfectly healthy to, you know, to be in good shape. And if you can't eat perfectly healthy, then you don't bother. Yeah, what's the point? Yeah, well, that, yeah, that's it, pretty much. You know, or yeah. So it's hard to explain, but I wouldn't say it was too different from the UK at all. I think, like, statistically, the UK, I think 60% is either overweight or obese over here, you know, so yeah. it, it, is, it is a scary statistic. Do you, do you know the statistics over there, would you say, or even if you had to kind of hazard a guess? I would say we were a higher percentage. Yeah, that's that surprises me, if anything. But you've got to think how many, like, there's only 26 yeah. million in Australia. Yeah, true. Um, yeah. So, what about um, cost of living over there? Yeah, it's not cheap. No, uh, that's. But, uh, you, but you do get paid more at the end of the day as well. I looked you know, at you. Um, I looked at your your website and just looked at like the prices, you know, and yeah. like per week was you know fifty dollars for like a a gold membership, which like roughly yeah. is about twenty seven quid over here. Yeah, probably. Yeah, you know, so you're talking a hundred quid a month, which probably, 
for a CrossFit gym over here, especially the high ones. If say you were in London, I'm from the northeast, so like, yeah. you know, London prices you're probably talking around the same as well. Yeah. So it's not it's not massively different, and obviously it's going to be appropriate to the population with it within the kind of immediate. Yeah, and I don't when I you know when you sell it, I hear like fifty dollars a week isn't expensive. No. Like if if they're coming in and they're going, that's too much. It's too much. It's like, well, I'm sorry, like you're not you shouldn't be here then because if you can't see the value in your fifty dollars that you're going to spend in here. You're dreaming. I'll give you a trial for two weeks, and then you can tell me if you see uh, value or not. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny over here because obviously I own a gym as well, and we charge forty pound a month. You know, yeah. and and that's kind of it, it's it's more higher end, but yeah, it, it's exactly the same. And I'll say, listen, you know, we at least provide value. that compare us to. I don't know if you've got many budget gyms around that are. Oh, I- we them at like ten dollars a week. Yeah, like I was at ten pounds per month or twenty pounds per yeah. month. You know, and the the drawing comparison, and I'm like, why are you here then? You know, and it's, yeah, it's kind of like why 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 we're having this conversation if you're not happy about paying the money. All of our um kind of money made a, a lot of it is reinvested into the the community. Yeah, you know, for sure. in the gym and into ourselves as well which yeah. kind of yeah. leads us nicely to obviously what how come uh what's kind of brought you towards mnu what's uh how come you chose mnu as a course well, i've been um i actually used to follow uh, like martin's original podcast like a few years ago with mike sweeney yeah i've heard a few episodes <laughs> of it yes I was originally reading up on some someone I used to work with told me about Mike Sweeney. So I uh-huh. used to read a lot of his stuff, which then lead, led me to sort of Martin and there. And I still didn't click for it for ages, you know. Um, we're sort of, I think we've all been there in the sort of, you know, how you have to eat and how you have to eat healthy. And you sort of learn and adapt from there, you know. And I think we know how to get someone results. Like that's that's okay by you know the principles are the same but maybe you go on your method so i think it was just how mnu came across in like the understanding of things and i've been part of the mentoring lab for quite a while mm-hmm. and just the level of people in there compared to what i was used to dealing or what i was used to saying i was like reading stuff out my mind was just like boggled yeah and i thought i was a fairly knowledgeable human being it's a, it's yeah, a, a again just... another baptism of fire, isn't it? Like you're just kind of mm-hmm. like, wow. Um, I mean, I think personally within the course we do get the mentoring lab for free, but the the content yeah. within that um, and the fact you're in that Facebook group and you can kind of ask anything, which is kind of it, it's enjoyable because even if it is a a relatively what you would consider a stupid question, you know, yeah. there's people in there that can offer you clarity and different perspectives as well a hundred percent it makes you realize that you are not that clever yeah and, I, <laughs> and what and, and you know but there's there's so much more to learn like there's so much more uh and i wouldn't be up yeah just it's endless and i like the fact that it is endless and that's how they explain it you know like that science is never proven yeah you know and it just has me questioning everything i've ever said about nutrition it makes me even if i know it's right i'm, I'm questioning myself like is the, is this right is it right how can i how can i dig deeper because it you know in uni we used to read research papers but we'd only ever read like top end of the research papers so when we had to do that thing last week about naming all the other ones underneath it i was yeah. like yeah you know and like you said i think you said last week you know you'd, you'd go straight for that conclusion yeah and, you and, know and, and it's just mind-blowing and i think that's probably something that i'm gonna probably look over again is that uh that lecture on research because it's something that i've never done i've never practiced and i'm gonna have to get me head around that whereas this week's kind of which will come to um on biochemistry everybody's seen that (laughs) and we're like shit (laughs) like yeah yeah it's like we've went from 
reading research now to biochemistry it kind of no. that week one and week two it just kind of went on no. a, a steep uh, steep inclination from there didn't it but um i mean we'll, we'll get to biochemistry but going back to um the mnu course is that something that you guys do is it nutritional consultations on top of yeah the... well i've always sort of been and i've always sort of been a, like i'm enjoyed nutrition i think coming from my where i was told constantly for my sport i was too small yeah i didn't know i didn't know what to do about it um and i've understand like it was a process you couldn't just change it overnight like it was it's hard it's hard work like yeah. you'd know from a bodybuilding point of view like it's people come in it's like oh you know how many times have you heard this it's like a, oh, i want to get big but not you know like a bodybuilder and you're like mm, you're gonna be fine like yeah. don't worry about it oh god I don't want to get. If people say it to me, uh, "Oh, I don't want to get big like you," I'm like, "Oh my, cheers!" Like you totally disregarded the past twelve years of me doing natural bodybuilding. It's like this. They assume they're going to pick up a four k dumbbell and they're like going to get massive. It's like, it, yeah, sorry, you actually have to put effort into this. Uh, yeah, that was it, and it was sort of just having the confidence to to go with it. So then, even in my gym now. Um, I've always been against challenges. I've never liked them. I've never done them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just hate them. I used to run them in my old gym where I was, you know, trying to make money for the company. And I used to hate everything about them. Are these transformation challenges. Yeah, before it was even about this sort of evidence-based thing. I just never liked them because it was never real. They would keep bouncing back to me. You know, they would pay me more money, but I wasn't teaching them anything. I was just saying, cut out X, Y, Z. Yeah. Think you know, and 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 that's how how it would go. And so yeah, we do we do have a nutrition side of the business where we help uh, as many people as possible within the gym, sort of learn the principles of nutrition. Um, but yeah, never run a chance. We have like an online community group, like accountability group. Um, yeah. We just all sort of connect through there. You know, create a lot of videos and content for there. Um, with the the thought, you know, what Martin said in the first week. I think hit the nail on the head where you want to sort of educate them well enough that they don't need you, but treat them so well that they want to stay with you. And I think that just puts my ethos, like it, it hits the nail on the head. Yeah. I think like ourselves, we don't kind of promote this fat loss culture. And we know fine well from a financial perspective itself, yeah. but from an ethical one, you know, it's, it's not right. Um, you know, I don't really share too many before and after pictures unless I've got the client's pic, uh, permission and I've also yeah. got context to go alongside it, you know, because people are drawn to images and they'll just kind of like, even clients I've got myself will send us a picture of somebody's four-week or six-week transformation and I'm like, listen, nobody really transforms in four to six weeks, you know. No. Like... No. And I've I've done numerous preps and diets and things like that to get into stage lean condition. And, you know, I gravitate back to normal afterwards. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and that's kind of where the majority of people should spend the majority of their life and understand, listen, if they put weight on, they know why. If they, yeah. if they want to drop weight, they know how. You know, yeah. and like you said, that quote from um, the first week's lectures, you know, treating them so well that they want to stay. Um, a lot of my clients now, it's it's more accountability and crack and a little bit kind of, yeah, just re reinforcement, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, like empowering them to be a little bit better because they all go off the rails. We all we all go off the rails, let's say that one, but they all go off. So you need to be brought back in line sometimes, you know, and I'm kind of with them. Like as I said, I don't train CrossFit. As you know, you train three or four hours a day. I don't do that anymore. I don't play rugby anymore. So my whole goal is to be as healthy as possible for my family and you know my gym. So I just usually do the workout the the day before, like it's programmed a lot in advance, about ten weeks. But I do the workout the day before to test it. Yeah, and that's pretty much all I do now. You know, I have no need to be something else anymore. I'm just that sort of every day every day bloke you know the ones to help as many it sounds cliche but help as many people as possible i think like you know becoming a father as well really 
matures you very quickly. Mm. And, you know, I spent a lot of years trying to identify as a bodybuilder, you know, and I I see so many people these days trying to identify themselves of something, whether it's obviously CrossFit's very on trend at the minute. So, you know, but it's kind of where bodybuilding was maybe 10 years ago. Everybody wanted to compete. Yeah, and the, the thought that was the pinnacle and the get like you know peer um, approval, um, so I try and like obviously at uh, to be fit our gym we do have like two sides we have like a but it's all kind of one gym and we have where yeah. we do our conditioning which doesn't look too dissimilar from a CrossFit box. Um, it's got a yeah. bit, it's got a big rig. It's got you know barbells up on the walls, bumper plates. It's got yeah. the grass for the sled. And then the other side is very like kind of, again, if you had to label it, pretty much a bodybuilding side. But, you know, we've yeah. tried to say, listen, this is to be fit. This is fitness, you know. Yeah. If people are already bought into the CrossFit thing by having that CrossFit affiliation above your door, it's just such a, a draw. Um, but yeah. it, once once you capture them, that's when you can really start molding them. Maybe yeah, they, 100%. maybe they come to you thinking they're going to get one thing, but they leave getting something totally different. And I, yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think that's crossfit as a whole, to be honest. Like people have a, um, a, I'd say a misconception about what it is. Yeah. Because they see these people on the TV, and um, and to be you know, and, and crossfit does sort of have a bad name. It's, I always say it's the greatest marketing tool in the world, but it's also the worst. Yeah. Uh, but you, from a, a point of view, you just buy the name CrossFit, and then every gym is run independently. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, so I think I think that's a big important. So we're actually co-branding at the moment with Rebuild. So we will have like you two sides of our gym. Yeah. Uh, so we'll have it the same to bring in some more people and to help help more people from there but you know crossfit has a bad name and rightly so a lot of the time to be honest i think it has improved massively though the past few since it's become so mainstream it's kind of like you know evolved so much very quickly because it's 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 a sport really you know especially the when the the top tier people are making a, a large sum of money and of course there's going to be um you know like any sport you know things like drugs involved and things like that you know but um it's it is such a like kind of i don't know it yeah i've seen we've got some competitive um athletes down at our gym and they're in there for like you know hours four or five hours a day and it's ridiculous and like I, I tagged yeah. you in a post on Instagram, the story, um, and I was listening to the Revive Stronger podcast, and they had a question: Why a CrossFit is so jacked? And it's just because the amount of sheer yeah. volume that they do, especially the high up ones, you know, it, just as a byproduct, yeah. is it optimal for building muscle? No, but under the principles of, you know, hypertrophy and volume, like these guys are doing compound lifts and lifting a lot of weight yeah. and. You know, doing a lot of volume for an extensive period of time. Hundred percent, and it's sort of where you know, it's never ideal. You know, the concept of you can't out train a bad diet. Yeah. If there's sort of anything that you could out train a bad diet, it would be five hours of CrossFit six days a week. (laughs) Definitely. You know, so they're going to eat in a calorie surplus forever, probably, but they're just training so hard. Yeah. So they're going to end up in, in some sort of shape. They're constantly going to build muscle. And these people do dedicate a huge amount of their life towards um, competitive, like becoming the best and the elite. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, and the, the, the smallest, the, the percentage of actually people that will actually make anything from it are minute. Yeah, you've got to love you know. it. Yeah, and you've got yeah. Even if you dedicate your life to it, the percent, the likelihood of you even making it to regionals is still very, very, very small. Yeah, I mean we've got we've got a guy, and he, we just he's genetically, you know, he looks like a bodybuilder. 
huge, fit as a lop, you know, um, ridiculous. But, you know, he'll be in the gym for like several hours just practicing his art because there's so much to get good at as well, isn't there? You know, you've got just walk, gymnastics, Olympic lifting, uh, cardio, um, strength, endurance, all of these sort of crazy um, components that you're expected to... um, you know, do well, you know, and from a, a a new person's point of view, does that intimidate them slightly? If they're coming into Um, the gym or? I think it depends how your gym is sold and marketed at the beginning. Um, I used to be in, uh, you know, years ago about, if I saw some guy doing a, you know, a hundred kilo, hundred kilo snatch, I'd be like, well, that's impressive. Let's, let's get that up. But now I, I'm totally not from that. I, I sort of market the, the woman that, you know, deals with mental health or used to take blood pressure tablets, but doesn't anymore. Yeah. Um, so a lot of our stuff is marketed through there. And then a lot of our new members are just word of mouth for what we've done. That's sort of our biggest marketing tool. I don't sell crazy athletes. You know, we've got an Olympic sailor that's in our gym. You know, he's an Olympian. We've also got a 76-year-old woman called Carmel, you know, and, and everything in between, you know? Yeah. You know, and they all sort of do the same, the same thing. And I think that's what's sort of amazing about it. Yeah, they're going at different levels. And one might be with a broomstick. One might be at, you know, a decent weight. But they're sort of, they're sort of something quite magical about people suffering together, if, that, if that's the yeah. right word to you. Um, obviously on different levels. But just if you're trying your hardest and you're trying your hardest, yeah, this guy might have got 10 rounds more than you. Doesn't mean that he's feeling any less than you. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I, um, I teach, yeah, I teach a couple of classes at the, uh, at our gym and, you know, if they say a, f- a 45 minute time cap, you know, I'll say you're still doing 45 minutes. It doesn't matter. You're still doing the same amount of relative volume as the fittest person in the class. Yeah. And I think it's yeah. Im- important to kind of have your, your doors open to, to anyone really. Yeah, and I think if you saw, and people, the thing with CrossFit, same with any gym, like you, if you get caught out eventually if you're not good enough, mm-hmm. you know, it's it, it's as simple as that. Like quality will quality will shine through, and we're sort of very big on our on our programming and how specific our program is. Like, there's no weight lifted in our gym without um, it being on our app. There's no Metcon time without being on our app. So there's a, I suppose our biggest selling point is there's an absolute purpose to every single time you come in the gym. There's a purpose for us. Yeah, What's and we monitor everything, so we track progress. So we we want to see people progress. I don't care how old you are, how young you are, what you do, as long as there's a linear progression. Brilliant! I think that's awesome. I'll I'll continually try, like, especially my coaching clients. I'm typically getting them to try and log pretty much everything, whether it's the training, yeah. whether it's you know, tracking their nutrition. It, of course, it depends on the person. You know, I've got a couple 100%. of, like, 65-year-old, a 72-year-old nutritional client, and, you know, I'm not going to say, hey, let's learn the software for my fitness pal, or, you know, like, yeah. and it's like, what's a phone? It's just kind of ridiculous, yeah. you know, so you've got to kind of have a level of um, flexibility there, and I think, you know, that's kind of what, the foundations of our learning has been so far within the course is literally, you know, you have to drop your biases. And the first like assignment yeah. was, I mean, asking right now, what, what kind of, what was your bias? Do you have any, do you, um, do you, it was definitely you, you from, had a, any? from a nutrition point of view? Um, definitely. Yeah. Counting calories. Yeah. is probably, that was quite a common one. Yeah. Yeah, just and it and it really it's just because sort of I was in a I'm in control then. Yeah. You know. I'm in control and I can see where they're off, I can see when they're on, I can tell if they're lying, you know, I can Yeah. I can see. So that that was probably my sort of biggest bias. And then because we, you know, train daily lift weights, I probably I probably push protein higher than what it needs to be because I understand some of the benefit from it, even though it doesn't have to be remotely so high, but it's more from like a satiating point of view that I wanted people to eat so much protein, mm-hmm. you know, um, when they really didn't, they don't really need to, <laughs> they don't really need to, but yeah, I think as well, I mean, it's hard not to have biases because, you know, obviously you've alluded to, you clearly have a passion for 
you know, CrossFit and I have a passion for kind of bodybuilding. And it's just about, you know, yes, this is kind of my specific thing that I love, but also, you know, like I understand people's personal preferences. Same with nutrition. You know, you've got to kind of respect that. Um, and probably the fact that you have an additional side to your gym will just allow you to have a broader, um, you know, broader options basically to work with and help with more people. Yeah, I'm not under any illusion that, you know, that people's way is the only way of training, you know. Yeah. I think if you think that there's a, you've got a problem there and then, you know. Uh, there's a million different ways of training, I suppose. Like you said, it's just going to find something that you stick with and then just, just run with it. Yeah, I think, yeah, adherence is the biggest kind of area. I mean, yeah, from a nutrition perspective, like I mentioned last week, you know, I've been went from clean eater to if it fits your macros, done intermittent fasting. And, you know, along the way, it's just me kind of adding new tools to my tool belt and experience and different things. At the time, I thought it was the best thing. But now it's a case of, hey, if I take a step back, I can see how everything can work um, co yeah. coherently, really. Yeah, and I think that's the, the amazing thing about the course, you know, it... <laughs> It does just make you drop, yeah, like you said, just, just make you drop every sort of, every bias and just think about everything, you know, because everything I've done, and probably like you said, like some of the stuff that I've said, I, I look back now and cringe. Mm. <laughs> but at the same time, at that moment in time, I thought that was the best thing for that person. Yeah. So my heart has always been in the right place. But now you know, following this evidence-based movement, I can back everything up and I know it is the best, not just what I think is the best. I know it is the best thing for them. I think, I mean, probably the thing for me doing the course and one of the big reasons for it is to kind of give me that sense of legitimacy. Yeah, for sure. You know, because it, I tell people within our kind of industry, it's probably one of the most highly respected nutritional qualifications out there. And even yeah. some places do ask for it like uh, yeah. on their um, CV, you know, and it's like, this is how respected in, you know, like these budget gyms, they don't care whether you're MNU certified. They want to know, do you have a level two or three and can you clean a treadmill? You know, whereas, yeah. you know, when what we're doing is like, we actually want to have a proper gym, a proper service, a, an ethical one and, a, you know, an evidence-based one as well. Yeah, and that, for me the course just goes right. Yeah, Ian, you know your shit, and having that backing yeah. is it feels like I've got the backing, you know. Yeah, and it, it it allows me to not get distracted with the bullshit out there. Because... Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely comforting, and like you say, as you net as you network more people, you start to cut away. Yeah. The yeah the bullshit like you like like you said, um, and I think that's yeah. why I want to do the podcasts with different people you know like i have a reputation for no apparent reason of being like anti-crossfit and i think it's just because like i've spent a lot of time bodybuilding and i think in the early days where literally i was immature didn't have a clue you know yeah everybody was bodybuilding and this new thing came on the scene that was unregulated it was just mm -hmm. kind of it was it was a mess but now it's just totally different to when it first came on the scene for me. Um, yeah. It, like, you know, like, respect to them. And I think, is it Glassman, the, the founder? Yeah, Greg Glassman, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I heard him talking about nutrition the other week and demonizing sugar. And, like, I just was yeah. like, so, I was like, I don't yeah. want to say anything because I know <laughs> that the crowd will jump on us. And, like, I think... Yeah. And I was talking to someone and I goes like, CrossFit has evolved so much from where this guy started it. Like, it's it's totally out yeah. of his hands now. Yeah. Yeah, it was, a, well, he sort of reined it back in. Like, it was just um, the training methodology. Yeah. You know, that's how it that's how it started. But even when you do the CrossFit course, they teach you about the zone diet and everyone yeah. should do the zone diet. And I get emails off them all the time about their nutrition. I'm just like, you. I just think pretty much ignore it, you know? Because um, for all it's amazing thing, it has got its faults. CrossFit in the way that it's designed, but it is becoming so much better. It's like the problem is with it coming from a business point of view is you 
you know, you go to college, you go to uni or you do all these courses like yourself, you know what I mean? And you work in your arse off constantly to become better and better and better. And then you've opened up your own facility and now you're still learning, you know? Yeah. Where you can you can pay $1,000, do a two-day course mm-hmm. and open up your next CrossFit gym the day after. Yeah. There's a problem. It's kind of like, I mean, I don't want to compare it, but, you know, do like, the Zumba qualification, everybody just went and did a day course and all of a sudden they're in charge of like teaching a mass amount of people. And like, you know, that that's probably the biggest issue with it is like, you know, the, the transition to the qualification, the, the entry level for coaches. But I mean, are the majority of these coaches who are doing it are already well practiced in it? Do you think? Or no, I mean, when I, I reckon when I did my course, I would say 50% of them have been doing CrossFit or something for, or like, or like some physical activity for maybe a year. Yeah. And let's, like, let's yeah. be honest, even the, the personal training qualifications of Mickey Mouse, you, you know, like six week qualifications or. I look at it like um, learning to pass your driving test, you know, you learn how yeah. to pass your test and then you'll learn how to drive. Oh, I love a car analogy. People love them. That's yeah. it. <laughs> how, how many coaches out there have used a cart analogy that are listening now? Right. I bet a few of them have got a smile on the face. Right, right. I've got a whole array of just shit quotes and analogies oh, all the time. Love an analogy. It's the greatest thing yeah. ever. Like, like I, I, the, I love that I'm a sat-nav analogy. <laughs> you know, you're the driver. <laughs> I'm a sat-nav, you know, like, you know, in the... In the cars, I'm like, I'm yeah. a sat-nav. You're the driver. You know, we need to get to a destination. How we get there, doesn't matter. We're going to get there. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's just things. You take a wrong turn, I'll just directly keep you on the right uh, path, you know? And it's it's kind of true. And that's how, like, developing as a coach really, um, yeah. you know. And I think, like, I think Martin has even mentioned it a few times. And I'm surprised any coach hasn't had a sense of kind of imposter syndrome you know like am I good yeah. enough am I am I providing a good enough service am I like and you obviously draw comparison from other coaches within the industry you know yeah. why have I got this many followers when they've got tenfold yeah. and it, you know and like that's probably something that I'm going to get onto with people is like you know creating a an audience like learning to be confident and things like that yeah that's what i just started my instagram i put is just i don't know if mine's just solely for fun like i um tried it for business once and it was just stressful i didn't enjoy it hated every second of it Mm -hmm. so i started back up and i was like right i'm just gonna have a i'm just gonna have fun with it so i do like stories so you can't really you know fake yourself for that long when you're doing stories as much i'm the same i like it yeah yeah, so, you know, you put a story up and people get your personality easy enough and then they'll start to ask questions. You put a little bit of content up and then people will ask you questions. And, you know, having the interaction more than the following, I think, is is hugely important. Ah, uh, yeah, massively. And I think it's, obviously, there's a lot of people out there with a huge following, like millions, who literally don't have a clue and decide, hey, I'm going to talk about nutrition today, even if they don't even have a background in it. But they yeah. maybe have an attractive body or physique. Well, that's it. And but they—they they they, a lot of these people. You can have a million followers, abs, and say your program, but you don't make any money. It doesn't mean you know anything about business or about training. Yeah, you just look good. Yeah, pretty much. I you mean, know, and they're, and they're out there. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's kind of what I'm trying to get across to clients as well. Is like learn to kind of you know vet the content that you sort of. Um, allowing yourself to, to I don't know, absorb, um, yeah, you know, filter you, even if that means muting or unfollowing people, so you don't defriend them and like piss them off. But yeah. like from an emotional perspective, there's only so much you can kind of take on. And I, I think like as a I'm 33, you're 28, you've got a son, you've got a business. I think it's even more important now to kind of like cultivate, you know as much stress free as possible and uh because yeah. it, i don't know if uh, i've been a victim of burnouts in the past i don't know if yourself's been the same 
Yeah. Like trying to manage training on top of life. Yeah, it gets a little bit. I've definitely, the last couple of years have definitely been a little bit easier because, you know, the business is in a, is in a nice place and I feel like I'm in a nice place in my life. So I'm, I'm, you know, the hard work's a lot of the, not done, I wouldn't say, but I'm enjoying every second of it now. I'm sort of reaping the rewards for yeah. the hard work. And that's not even like just financial, you know, like I'm, I get up at four o'clock in the morning. I've, I've never, I can't think of a time where I've, I've woke up and not wanted to go into work. Yeah. Like I, I truly love, yeah. I know who's going to walk through the door at 4.30 in the morning, you know, and it's, they're just good people. And I think that's kind of defines success, you know, people see it in so many different ways, but it's just getting up and, you know, loving what you're doing doesn't matter whether from a fight what you're driving what your bank account says you know um, but yeah i think that's a a nice kind of uh thing to finish on for that but um i also mentioned like uh, we'll talk about the course um module this week so it was biochemistry and you know, rumor has it like, you're awesome. <laughs> like you said before, you were like, "Oh, someone's just cancelled. Can you step in this week?" Yeah. And I was like, "Wait, what's 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 the lecture? Biochemistry? Sorry, yeah. what? Excuse me." Yeah. Um, <laughs> fucking hell. So, if for the listeners, James, you could describe the Krebs cycle, <laughs> I'll, just <leave> you. <laughs> I'll just leave you to it, mate. I'll bet. I'll I'll just stick the mute the mic on mute and let you go for it. But in fairness, yeah. Well, the only thing that sticks in my head is just all the memes. Yeah. Oh yeah, the cat one and that. Yeah. Just trying to learn through memes. Yeah. Like I did my homework for it this morning. Uh-huh. You know, and I'm, and I'm looking at you know all the chemical you know all the like periodic table stuff and trying to find the functions of it. And I suppose when I'm doing the course, I try not to get help from as many places i try it once on my own and then i'll yeah you know then I might look again that's what I'm, I'm trying to learn and you know and I'm, I'm loads of these coming up and i used to be a lifeguard and i'm like i used to pour these chemicals in my pool yeah man bit, bit, <laughs> you know, bit of chlorine there well i nearly jokingly it, put in there yeah i nearly nearly jokingly put in like the chlorine one like you know for cleaning my sink <laughs> <laughs> yeah do, do not swallow yeah hey nutrition banter <laughs> Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, but because, I mean, it was it was it was interesting. I think uh, I think Martin hit the nail on the head at the beginning with how much you actually need to know to yeah. help people. Um, like you said, we're not sort of nutrition scientists, like you know James Krieger or Al Narragon or Martin, for example. With yeah. people trying to help as many people as possible. So, what do we need to know? And I think you know we'll learn more of this as we go and as we go. But I think it was a really good start and again it backs up some of what you already know just through your training mm-hmm. you know in regard to the energy systems there so some things you know click and you go right makes sense then you take it from a training point of view maybe into a nutritional point of view i think for myself and probably for a lot of people out there there was a big sigh of relief you yeah. know because like he almost even described it as a, a deload um you know, yeah. yeah, just like a mind deload. Use this week, watch this. Maybe if you need to watch it again, fair enough. Do the further learning. Yeah. You don't have to. Um, but it was kind of like, it's so refreshing because, you know, I would spoke about the, the other course I've done in the past, but, you know, it was just so, like, heavy on all of the mechanic uh, mechanisms for everything. I was like, how am I meant to know this? Like, this is yeah. just this is just like reading a foreign language. Like, am I meant to be able to? Yeah. And like, basically, this week's was like, yeah, you you don't really need to know that much. How are you going to be able to like, if you learn the inner outings of like, say, the Krebs cycle? How's that going to help? You know, Sandra who wants to lose a few stone. Like, that's it. I mean, appreciate the science, understand it's there, but like, you know, I'm not a scientist. Not gonna get me yeah. white white coat out, you know. But I think I think yeah, I think I enjoyed this week the most. And I think that comes with just confidence as a trainer, you know, like um, like yeah. with age and experience that you 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 can't be everything. Yeah, um, you know, you don't need to know everything. Like you know, if someone comes to me and goes, "I want to step on stage in ten weeks," I'll go, 
well, you come to the wrong person, like, like go and speak to a, yeah. you know, a bodybuilder or a prep coach, you know, and I'm, and I'm fairly comfortable with that. Um, and know sort of where my market is, uh, and that's where I'll stay on. And I think that's when I saw success as a personal trainer back in the day too, to be honest, because, you know, oh, I want to do a triathlon at the beginning. I was like, yeah, come with me. I'll stick you on a treadmill. Like, what am I doing? I didn't know anything about it's that. So, it's just so <laughs> hilarious. Like, yeah, just yeah. just run for an extended period of time. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the pool. Yeah, yeah, a bit of swimming and cycling. I've done that <laughs> in my life, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, well, that's the same exactly with um, my business partner, Stephen. You know, he's competitive in the kind of CrossFit scene. And, like, it's just like, if people are asking me about that side of it, the conditioning, you know, I'm, I'm going to say, go over there speak to Stephen, yeah. he'll program yeah. for you because he's got, you know, actual practical experience. He's walked the walk, you know, and he yeah. shows a great deal of interest in it. He learns, he, you know, it's probably like yourself. He'll listen to podcasts surrounding it, yeah. watch videos and try and pick brains of all the experts and try and, you know, put this picture together. And I'm exactly the same when it comes to like, I love nutrition from a fat loss perspective. Bodybuilding's for me and me alone. Like, I can help other bodybuilders, but I appreciate, like, literally 2% of the population, if that, are gonna, yeah. gonna do it. So, like, I'm like yourself. Yeah. I get a buzz from just helping normal people, um, you know, be their own coaches and manage this stuff themselves and blowing their minds by telling them, they don't have to eat breakfast and things like that, you know, and they're like, oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you know, yeah. it's just so, uh, it's it's quite good fun, you know, and with a lot of my clients, I'll get them to, you know, as I mentioned about the Instagram thing, like follow different accounts, listen to other voices, um, listen to other podcasts, and this is kind of the idea behind this one is to get as many diverse people from around the world um basically saying the same thing yeah that's it and then eventually hopefully it'll stick you know if you go on instagram and you look at all these infographics how many of them are the same yeah like from the good evidence-based like crowd yeah you know these foods are you know sorry but like but like you said you know with these instagram things it's like you know you're selling a principle yeah. You know, at the end of the day, you're not just selling the methods. You're, you're trying to, you're trying to teach someone, and that's like it's that's not exciting. Yeah. You know this. Uh, this I saw someone that come up on a sponsored post with me. It was someone selling a fasting timesheet. So they would tell you when you can't. And they were selling this. They were selling right. the sheet, telling you what times you can eat. And I was like, and I think this guy had eight hundred thousand followers or something. I'm just going. I'm a, yeah. I mean, that's, I, it's it doesn't really give many people a chance and i think the more people are exposed to this poor practice these poor practices the harder it is it's kind of like somebody coming to you who's learned to squat terribly you know and mm. they've already kind of like i don't know like hammered home this technique and you've got to kind of unravel it all and unpick it and start very much from scratch again and nutritionally yeah. people are already skeptical that you're so un um I don't know uh, unextreme yeah and like I think there is like this whole skepticism behind the whole right let's create a solid foundation towards your nutrition like at, yeah. the, at the end of the day this is something that you can fall back on when mm. you when you're dieting when you're in a deficit um you know, life happens, you have a child, what do you fall back mm -hmm. on? You know, yeah. you go on holiday, what do you fall back on? We understand principles, we understand energy balance and protein content and sleep and things like that. You know, it's unsexy, yeah. but at least it's a fallback instead of going from an on-off situation, which the majority of people seemingly do. Yeah, they do, and it... It, it's worrying but i think pe people are starting to understand they think and come around and once you once they see results you know what i mean you can you've got to you got to prove these results that's what makes you uh 
yeah what makes you a good you can have you can you can say whatever you want but show me something yeah show me how you got them you know and I, I look at it as being you know bigger than bigger than us this sort of movement you know and i think it's that's what's exciting about it it's you know i teach someone the principles you know you teach someone the principles they go then and you know teach their children or their their mother you know mm-hmm. and it's sort of a knock-on effect through so this thing's yeah this thing's bigger than bigger than us which is quite a uh, yeah, an unreal thing, really. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's exciting, and I think like you've got to accept that you don't, like you said earlier, you don't know everything, um, and you know a hell of a lot, and <laughs> you've got a lot of experience. We've got a lot of experience, you know, and um, it's really now just fine tuning that. And this course for me is just showing, like, I want people to look at me and go. This guy's still passionate to learn. This he wants to like. I would probably prefer to do a, a degree, maybe when I'm forty, like or fifty, part time, just for shits and giggles. You know, just for like, I want yeah. to get to that next level. Do I need one? No, absolutely not. No. But, but like for me, this course primarily is for me. You know, and yeah. by it helping me, I can help my uh, audience and in the future if like that's something like a part-time seven-year degree it'll just be something that i can do when it's maybe appropriate if i feel i want yeah. to do it you know but um and that's it you know and that's because you're passionate i think um the struggle a lot of people get stuck in this industry and not find it's because you know you decide what you want to do or you get caught in this alley straight away straight from school or i'm going to be in the fitness industry i'm going to do this and you you constantly for a while there i felt like totally stuck i'd only ever done sports or sports science or sports you know development or something around there so for a while when i came here i was like i i'm stuck with what i need to do now i I can't really go anywhere like except except fitness and this is when sort of nutrition come in and this is why it's sort of more of a say a passion or something that i love doing now because i don't need to do it but it's something i really want to do so it's like a passion so i'll take it as far as what I need to take it. Does that make sense? Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. I think you've got to love what you're doing and you've got to keep it a relative amount of freshness. And I think that's the beauty of being self-employed. I don't think there's any going back. No. Unless you had that level of freedom. Um, you know, What's the goal? I mean, one of my clients got a job for like Amazon, really high up. And they're kind of like Google in a sense that they give these so yeah. much. It's like, wear what you want to work. And people, yeah. are, you know, and she's got a military background. She's like, really? What? <laughs> you know, like she's went from yeah. having to wear this uniform to go, yeah, wear what you want. And it's like, and that's kind yeah. of giving people the freedom there um, to make their own choices and make their own decisions, whether it's within business, whether it's within their own nutrition, whether it's within their training, whether they want to do CrossFit, whether they want to do bodybuilder, whether they want to do a hybrid of the two, you know, it's it's up to them, you know, and I think it's kind of a, a nice thing to, to finish on that, a nice little message is just to get people to, you know, follow their passion, yeah. especially within 100%. this industry, because I know there'll be a lot of coaches out there we work with in the industry but some people are maybe making that transition to being a nutritional coach and you've just got to kind of do you and yeah make the mistakes Keep doing. yeah and i think the fact that you know they've got maybe this podcast but they've got obviously the mentoring lab they've got the course itself they've got the they've got martin they've got the staff you know to really support and because it's the mnu name that's really yeah. on the line and as they've said if you start like being a bit shady they will yeah. step in and say how are yeah it's, it's an ethos really you know what i mean it's your level of ethics and someone years ago it's from a trainer it's on a podcast a trainer in america he said for years you know he lost he stuck to his ethics but so he lost members he even lost money but he never but he never lost sleep yeah you know he stuck to his ethics and now he's like you know superstar and I think that's you know, just, uh, yeah, just... that's huge. I think like no matter how shitty it feels sometimes, you know, and how yeah. hard it gets, you need to just 
you know, know that you're doing the right thing and just keep yeah. pl- plodding on. Um, it's, kind, it's, it's kind of like, you know, people trying to lose fat. It's like, what's the alternative? You know, what you, yeah. what you just stick with the process and it'll come good. But if you quit, you know, that shit lasts forever. You're going to just keep bouncing beyond the two. Um, but, yeah, I've really enjoyed that today. Um, I know it's, what, like probably 8.30 maybe now yeah. where you are. Yeah. So pretty much bedtime. That's it. <laughs> yeah, up at 4.30. God's sake, wow. Um, yeah. Well, James, um, <clears throat> is there anything like, I mean, where can people find you? I'll, I'll attach all of these things. So Instagram, you're quite active on, yeah? Yeah, just that. Yeah, at Coach James Beatty, and that's the same on Facebook. But yeah, the majority of my stuff's just down through Instagram, just me having a bit of fun with nutrition and training and my life, really. Brilliant, mate. Well, um, I'll keep you on after I've finished here, and we'll um, we'll have a big crack after. But um, I just want to say a big, massive thank you for um, giving us your time, and all the way from Australia, and the the internet connections held out. They've kept off. Yeah desperate housewives or whatever they watch the kardashians um <laughs> i don't know uh, but that uh, but yeah man thank you very much and uh hopefully speak to you again fairly soon yeah awesome mate thank you very much thank you